The following ShishMed podcast is a production of DrPodcasting.com. This is a special podcast produced on-site at ShishMed Connections 2019 Annual Conference in Nashville as we talked with keynote speakers and session leaders direct from the show floor. We are so happy to have with us Kathy Lee, Corporate Vice President of Patient Experience at McLeod Health, and Keith Schneider, Director of Consumer and Engagement Studies at PRC. Their workshop at ShishMed Connections 2019, Embrace Excellence and Lead Consumers to Your Brand. Kathy and Keith, welcome, and can you just give us a brief overview of your session to start us out? Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, well, I would say one of the biggest things that I run into at, when I work with hospitals and talking about their consumer studies and working with marketing departments and specifically is that there are oftentimes CEOs that rely on the marketing department to try to help shape perceptions, especially if there is a negative perception going on. They think the marketing department can solve that. And the marketing department really can only enhance the brand. The brand is what people think of you. It is not what you want people to think of you. And so if there's already a perception going on within the community, the marketing department really doesn't help that. One of my favorite all-time quotes from David Ogilvie is that great marketing makes a bad product fail faster. (laughs) So you have to have a great product first. And so what we talk about with embracing excellence is from the employee and the physician and the patient perspective, Mm -hmm. you have to have a good product. You have to be excellent in the mind of each of those people. And from that, then marketing can actually do their job to enhance that particular product. Right. So we've got to have that product first before we start marketing. And it's like, come here, smell this bad thing. And that's going to leave a bad taste in people's mouths. Exactly. And then if you tell them, come smell this thing and it's wonderful (laughs) and it actually isn't, then they're not going to trust your marketing going, forward. Yes, that's a, that's a very good point. All if right. I can add, this kind of yes. like putting lipstick on a pig is what we call that's it. That's a good I'm way from. to phrase it, Kathy. Thank <laughs> you. You're right there. I love that. Thank you. All right. So, Keith, you were talking about uh, perception. So let's, let's kind of stay on that track. How can we mine consumer sentiment or perceptions maybe to build and then sustain that culture of excellence? What's the next step of that that we need to do? So, I think one of the things that we make the mistake in assuming is that our patient satisfaction surveys are adequate to know the consumer perception or the patient perception. Uh, So on the consumer side, consumer research, absolutely valuable to understand the perception. On the patient side, that patient satisfaction survey is absolutely important to me. I'm in charge of patient satisfaction. But let's think about what a typical survey tells you. It tells you their satisfaction with the bits and pieces of the encounter of healthcare. I liken it to uh, a guy who loves his car. Imagine if I did a survey of a fella uh, of, of men and the, who love their cars, and I ask you to rate the oh the steering wheel, and then I want you to rate the. I would be in that category. There we go, and I want you to rate the set your satisfaction with the tires and maybe maybe the car seats and sure. and and the heat, the horsepower, Absolutely. right, the transmission, Absolutely. right, all of that stuff. Yeah. But have I really reached the reason you love your car, that you have a relationship with that car? Because I know men who love their cars. Mm -hmm. And so getting to the true sentiment of the, the patient and consumer experience requires that we go beyond surveys and that we get to the emotive relationship, the emotional um types of things that cause somebody to stand by you when a little something goes Mm -hmm. wrong. Yep. So in the field of patient experience, we recognize there really have not been good 
metrics or measures of that relationship. Um, mining for that uh, can happen on lots of levels. It can happen with um, everything from comment cards to focus groups to patient family advisory councils and all of those things. Putting those together is hard. And so the next step, you move to AI to bring some of that open-ended stuff together. And then uh, in our organization, we've been working on a sentiment analysis mm -hmm. metric as well. Okay. How do we get to that passion point that you were talking about? I like my steering wheel. I love my seats. That's cool. It's great horsepower. How do we get to that why I love my car? What should we be asking? So um, for me, what I find is that when I talk to our patients and when we've actually woven into our measurement, um, we want to know how did you feel about this brand before you, you had this most recent encounter with us? And then I ask, we ask, what, uh, what would you say your perception of the brand is now as the result of this encounter? Is it better? Is it the same? Is it worse? And what, I, what we do on our end is we take that preconceived perception, we kind of cross-tabulate that against whether it was improved or not improved, and that gives us the points where we know we can learn what triggered somebody saying it was better or worse. Because the next step is, okay. so what's your story? Right. What made you say it's better? What's made you say that your perception of this entire big fat brand comes from something we said or mm -hmm. did? Those those things get categorized, and now we have a model. Right? Is that is that does it come down to a feeling? Those things are you trying to get to how they feel about? Oh, I feel about this because there's that great marketing quote: "It's not what you make, but how you make people feel." So it sounds like you're trying to dig down into how people feel about your brand now through the different touch points. Absolutely. And for those who are listening to this, who come from a marketing and strategy side, and they think patient satisfaction, the patient experience stuff. Um, is hard to understand. Patient experience is not satisfaction. Patient experience is how they feel as the result of their relationship with us. Yeah, that's. Uh, uh, I really like how you said that. I think that's really important. If you drill down to try to find mm -hmm. that out, it can really help you with your marketing yeah. communications. So we've been talking about consumer perceptions. How do we understand key trends, Keith, when they're happening? How do we jump on and understand when these trends are taking place? How do we know that so we're not behind the curve but potentially ahead of the curve? Well, I think you, you have to ask a lot of questions. You know, when, when you do any type of consumer survey or you're asking questions within um, even a patient experience survey, any of that, that sort of thing, you're going to get information that you need. We can see that the how people interact with healthcare is very different today than it was 10, 15 years ago. And it's not even just different each day, but you take a look at the different demographics. How a senior deals with healthcare is very different than how a millennial uh, right. interacts with healthcare. Sure. And so you have to be aware of that because a lot of people want to have like one magic bullet that's going to solve everything and that does not exist. There is right. no such thing. There's and you, no, there, come on, you're killing me. There isn't one of those? <laughs> exactly. Come on, Keith. Oh, we have it in our back pocket and we're going to sell it. Come on, Keith. Come on. <laughs> it doesn't every, exist. Everybody wants the easy answer and the bottom line is it's work. Everything that we do is work and the stuff we're talking about takes time. It, you know, it takes a resource of 
taking the survey, looking at the survey data and mining that particular data, but also having conversations with patients individually. It talks, it's about creating a culture within your organization, having your uh, employees be ambassadors for your organization and being able to promote that. I've, I've been to a couple of sessions today that just talk specifically about employees as ambassadors and right. how important that is today. Very true. Um, you know, there's a big topic about employee and physician burnout. A lot of people talk about how um, people who work within the healthcare organization are getting burned out. They start working in healthcare because they have a mission and they want to do something great, but then they lose that feeling over time. And so we have to measure that. So it's a lot of work to take a look at those trends, but we need to look at all those and figure out and then put in things that will help whatever target that we're, we're looking at try to help them rekindle that passion because when they become brand ambassadors that's really important to the whole organization mm -hmm. and that can lead to really creating a better brand so let me ask you this then how can we differentiate one brand from another that can lead to market leadership well we found that uh, through physician employee and patient experience research that we've done we have taken the surveys where we ask people to rate things on an excellent very good good fair and poor scale and by looking at excellence as that top scale, one of the things I hear from a lot of people is, well, I wouldn't rate it excellent because I don't rate anything excellent. It could be, anything can be better. And I love when they say that because I say, well, imagine how great it has to be then for you to get to that point. And that's what you should be striving for. And we have actually found that people do say excellent. Employees and physicians and, and patients will all actually, some of them will rate things as excellent. And we want to find out the large portion of people who are saying very good or good why are you not saying excellent? What takes you to that level? Because there's hardly anybody saying fair and poor. If any hospital has a high percentage of fairs <laughs> and poors, they're probably not going to be around much longer. Right. The differentiator between a, a highly successful hospital and one that is not as successful is the difference between somebody saying excellent and somebody saying very good. Mm -hmm. And I use the comparison a lot of times when I talk about uh, going to a restaurant. If a brand new restaurant just opened up in town and you tried that restaurant and you left feeling that everything was very good, the food was very good, the experience, the ambiance, the wait staff, everything, you would go to work the next day, you might say something about it, but more likely than you're, you're not gonna say anything unless somebody asks right. you. Right. But if you left feeling that it was excellent, you're gonna tell people, hey, I tried this restaurant, you have to try it. It was the best I've ever had. And right. you will tell people. And that's what you're right. striving for. Right. That, and we have found that uh, patients and employees and physicians are anywhere from three to four times more likely to recommend the hospital if they say excellent than they right. are if they say very good. Right. Not more than the fairs and poors, but more than the second highest score. So there's a right. huge difference in that loyalty. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, again, back to the feeling, making somebody feel special can elicit them to say, gosh, I had a great experience last night. Right. Okay, so let's wrap up. I'm going to ask you each uh, one last question. Kathy, what's the first thing we need to do to lead people to our brand? So somebody listening to this, they're back in their office at work. What's the first thing we should do to start this journey? So the first thing we need to do is really hard. It's one of those big rocks to pick up. But uh, we have got to tend to our cultures because okay. one of the greatest damaging components of healthcare as it's delivered locally and related to our brand that I find is when we have what I call brand values incongruity. Brand values incongruity. So think this through. You have values. Your values might be uh, caring and compassion. There, your values might be uh, innovation and respect. But if what the patient experiences when they encounter your brand does not have congruency with that, you have made an empty promise. 
And in mm-hmm. fact, you have absolutely undelivered on your brand or, or right. underdelivered on your brand. Mm-hmm. And so the number one thing is to find the energy and the prioritization in your organization to reshape and calibrate your culture to truly reflect those values because your brand should be a reflection of your values and how you portray it externally. That lack of consistency or that incongruity is the thing that will destroy you. Yeah, if you uh, break that promise, right, you really negatively impact the brand. And Keith, how about you? From your point of view, your perspective, someone listening to this right now, what's the first thing we should do to, you know, uh, elevate our brand? I I totally 100% agree with the culture side of it. What I was going to say is that a culture and a brand are actually very closely related. When I said earlier that a brand is what other people think of you, it's not what you want them to think of you. A culture is the same thing. The culture is not what you want your employees to feel. Your culture is what your employees feel. Mm-hmm. And it, it, your culture right. is what it is. And it actually right. is okay if you have some different cultures in different areas. You know, nurses are gonna have a little different culture than housekeeping staff and then other staff. And it's okay to have that, but you need to have kind of an overarching, what do we want our culture to be? And instead of trying to force a culture onto your employees, you want to try to, how you can maybe tweak a little bit here and there to get the culture closer to what you're going for overall. If you try to force the culture onto everybody, you're going to fail. Right, so it sounds like uh, one of the first things we should do is really understand our brand culture and is it what I think it is? Right. Maybe it's really suffering or not as good as Absolutely. I thought it was and I've got to fix that before I do the next thing. Yes. And as I like to say, am I trying as a marketer to put lipstick on a pig? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the perfect way to close out this segment. Uh, Kathy and Keith, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much. So with me, Kathy Lee, Corporate Vice President of Patient Experience at McLeod Health, and Keith Schneider, Director of Consumer and Engagement Studies. A lot of fun. Uh, You're at PRC. Thank you, Keith and Kathy. And if you were unable to attend ShishMed Connections 2019, you can access the session recordings by purchasing the virtual conference. Just visit shishmed.org slash virtual conference. And please join us at next year's conference, September 13th through the 16th, 2020, at the Hyatt Regency in beautiful Chicago, Illinois. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels. And to access our full podcast library for other topics of interest to you, visit shishmed.org slash podcasts. This is the ShishMed Podcast Rapid Insights for healthcare strategy professionals in planning, business development, marketing, communications, and public relations. I'm Bill Klaproth. As always, thanks for listening.